0: You're listening to Voice America Kids, now with 33% more active ingredients and no artificial coloring. Stars could shine between the
1: lines If you would let yourself go Find some place you know You can use your words, use your hands You can change the world, just pretend Express yourself, take a chance and you'll see
2: Welcome to Express Yourself.
0: Art enables us to find ourselves and lose ourselves at the same time. And that is from Thomas Merton. Hello and welcome to Express Yourself. We're a program by, for, and with creative young people. A platform to give teens a voice. Right here on the Voice America Kids Network. I'm Brigitte Gia, and today's theme is the gift of art. And I'm Jovan Hundle. Express
3: Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions and brought to you as an outreach service of the Be The Star You Are charity, a top nonprofit honored by GuideStar and great nonprofits. Please visit www.bethestaryouare.org to make a tax-deductible donation and get more information about how you too can be a part of our mission to increase literacy and positive message media.
0: Be The Star You Are needs your donations to help us help those in distress by providing books and other resources. Please donate today at bethestarur.org. You can even donate through PayPal Giving Fund with no additional fees. Alrighty, so we'll be starting off the show with a reading of The Gift of Art, a chapter from Be the Star You Are for Millennials, celebrating gifts of positive voices in a changing digital world. I had the pleasure of writing this chapter, actually, for our upcoming publication, and I hope, audience, that you all enjoy it. So here we go. This is The Gift of Art. say that anyone can be an artist. Art is a form of human speech, and a human who puts his or her mind to it will be able to speak through it, no matter the skill level. The ability to create art and to see it is a gift that has been bestowed upon each and every single one of us. Sometimes you lose yourself in the barrage of schoolwork, social drama, and pressure to do well in modern society. But whenever I find myself sinking into the pit of confusion that is high school, I remember that I can piece myself together and reach out to those around me with art. I moved around a lot when I was in grade school. Mom redid her bachelor's at Simon Fraser University, and Dad earned a master's degree in computer science, an hour away at the University of British Columbia in Vancouver. As a family, we shifted back and forth between apartments near either one of the two campuses, and I was never quite able to settle into each place. It was difficult for me to keep friends because I switched schools so many times.
3: I was the new kid many, many times. Often, because I usually arrived at a new school in the middle of the school year, I didn't know how to connect with these unfamiliar people. These kids had already made friends with each other, and I was the outcast. I'd end up sitting in the corner with a piece of paper and a pencil sharpened on both ends with bite marks around the middle, bangs clustered in front of my eyes. I wasn't extraordinarily shy or put off by people, I just didn't know how to reach out and communicate with my new classmates. So I drew pictures alone with my little double-sided pencil with the chewed-up center every day. Art was my escape from the acute discomfort of solitude. With my double-sided pencil and a sheet of paper, I could go anywhere I wanted, and I could be whoever I pleased. At one one school, I was a princess with a dress made from peacock feathers, and at another, I was a tough, no-nonsense, karate-fighting archaeologist I dreamed of a career in archaeology, who traveled to Mongolia on the daily. I could live vicariously through the characters I drew, and I could transfer my emotions onto paper. On lonely days, the characters I illustrated were sisters who cherished each other's company, or a trio of friends on a grand adventure. I channeled my feelings through my art, and I threw myself into creating masterpieces.
0: Kids yes, at the different schools I attended began to notice that I was drawing in my corner of solitude, and they began to grow curious about just what I was scratching onto my sheets of paper. One day, as I was sketching out a pair of heeled combat boots for a new and improved take on the karate-fighting archaeologist, I (laughs) felt a tap on my shoulder. That looks cool, said the little blonde girl standing behind me in my isolated corner of the room. You're really good, she exclaimed. Thanks, I replied. It had never really occurred to me that I might be good or bad at art. I drew characters because it was a way for me to express my feelings, not because I was cultivating my talent. But I knew a compliment when I saw one. (laughs) I could never draw like that, the girl went on, pointing to the pencil marks that I had managed to form into pictures on the page. She laughed a little, presumably at her own abilities. Why not, I asked. Surely she knew how to hold a pencil and put it to paper. Because I can't draw, she said, and taken aback, I put down my double-sided utensil. Making art wasn't an ability. It was a natural right and instinct. She couldn't release her emotions through art, then I'd have to help her out. I'll teach you how to draw, I told the blonde girl, handing her a piece of paper, and she took it and smiled and joined me in my corner of solitude. We exchanged names, we told each other what our favorite colors were, I introduced her to Karate Fighting Archaeologist 2.0, and she drew her very own character. Sure, it wasn't a Picasso, and she struggled a bit with it, but afterwards she was no longer convinced that she couldn't draw. She began to develop her own unique storyline through her art, and by the end of the school day, I'd made my first friend.
3: From then on, I began to understand that although I often begin my term at a school halfway through the year, I could use art to communicate with my classmates and get to know them. My art represented who I was, and presenting karate fighting archaeologists to a classmate (laughs) was essentially a way of introducing myself. I realized that I could make friends through sharing my drawings with each other. I realized that art wasn't just a separate world, it was a language, a bridge over the invisible barrier that stood between me, the newcomer, and kids who'd already established social circles at a school they'd been attending for years. Whenever I met a situation in which I needed to connect with others, I used my art as a tool for communication and connection. Furthermore, I placed more and more faith into the belief that anyone could create art. Whenever someone told me that they would never be able to produce art due to their lack of natural talent, I refused to let them follow that thought pattern. Making art was, is, and will always be a right rather than a selective ability. It is a sort of second language to us all. Everyone has the capability to express themselves through art.
0: Nowadays, as I wait anxiously for the SAT score report that will determine whether my path in life is rocky or smooth, as technology pulls me away from work and my sense of identity, I bring myself back to a calm state of mind by drawing the things that I believe make up my personality. Remember, when written language fails you and your emotions seem to escape from the lines on college-ruled paper, that you have the instinctual ability to speak the second language that is art and communicate with others through it. Making art isn't about talent. It's about putting your thoughts down on paper, or tablet, or clay, or whatever medium works in tandem with your wavelength. Everyone has thoughts, everyone has an imagination, and art is simply a way to make those these intangible things concrete so that you can share them with those around you and beyond you. Never tell yourself that the ability to create art is something you will never have. As long as you have an identity, you have the capability of creating art express that identity. The phrases good art and artistic talent are nothing but appreciative terms that an individual may use to express his or her specific connection with an artist or a work of art. They are not measures to which your own art is held. As long as your emotions are in it, your art is good art.
3: And here's a short little exercise called art identity.
0: It is a good idea to tune
3: your art and your emotions to the same wavelength by practicing the second language daily. Find a spare manila folder, some loose sheets of blank paper, and a pencil, and spare some time during each day to sit down with this little collection of supplies and sketch out something that you think makes up a portion of your identity. It can be something small, like a scented candle that you enjoy lighting at night, or something large, like your pet, or a representation of your career. Keep your drawings in the a folder and tuck them somewhere safe. Maintain this impromptu, impromptu sketchbook for as long as you like, and when your sketches have accumulated over time, take them out of the folder and spread them out across the floor or your desk to see your identity through art. Realize that art is the language, and embrace yourself and your identity through your own art. Wow, Virgie, that was a really awesome piece. You know, <laughs> my favorite thing about it was that it's not even just that when you were, for example, helping your classmate with art and when you were creating art yourself, it's not even it's not just a way of expressing yourself. It's also sort of a way of learning about yourself. And I also I think you, it's showed that really well in your activity as well, that like once you create all this art and you spread it out and you kind of look at what you've created, I think you kind of learn a few things about yourself as well.
0: Yeah, well, yes, thank you. And um, that that's definitely uh, the idea there is just art is a way for you to exactly what you said, Joven, uh, to speak to others and then to also, you know, speak to yourself and uh, delve into periods of um, introspection where you can really look at what makes you you and what identifies you as a character, as a personality. And all of that can really be put down on paper in in art and in drawing, sketching, painting, you know, you name it, whatever, whatever work of art, uh, whatever medium floats your boat. And I think, again, as you said, that is, you know, the beauty of art. And I hope people were able to, I hope audience, uh, you were able to pull that from the chapter, take it away from the reading. I think the important thing about. Keeping a sketchbook, even if you don't consider yourself to have this amazing level of artistic talent, uh, keeping a sketchbook is a really good way of, yeah, keeping tabs on yourself, essentially, and learning about yourself and, you know, measuring your own growth. Um, And... You know, Joven, I wanted to ask you if you have any experience with art, or if you've ever thought about keeping a sketchbook, or maybe doodling in the margins of of your homework assignments, or anything <laughs> like that. Yeah, you
3: know, I've always sort of seen art as, I guess, kind of something that I I appreciate and I love looking at, but. You know, I haven't really experienced that myself yet. So I've always wanted to, you know, kind of keep that sketchbook. It's just, I don't know, I've never really gotten around to that point of actually getting a sketchbook, making myself keep up with it. And yeah, so I need to work on that a little bit. (laughs)
0: Yeah, no worries. Uh, It's definitely, you know, you do need to block out the time. But, hey, you know, even if you don't delve into it yourself, you can definitely visit your local art museum and audience. You can definitely do that as well. Well, thank you so much, Joven, for this wonderful discussion. And I loved being able to, uh, you know, engage in a joint reading of, of the chapter uh, for Be The Star You Are's new book. Uh, listeners, be sure to support our show in these amazing segments by donating to the Be The Star You Are charity that brings you this program. For more information on how to do this, go to bethestarur.org and follow our blog. I'm Brigitte Gia.
3: And I'm Jovan Hundle. Be The Star You Are founder and Express Yourself producer, Cynthia Bryan, has just authored a brand new book, Growing with the Goddess Gardener. It's now available at www.cynthiabryan.com slash online store with a hyphen in between online and store. And 25% of the proceeds from this book benefit Be The Star You Are and Express Yourself. Watch our fun and informative videos as well at youtube.com slash Be The Star You Are and make sure to keep listening to our refreshing discussion on The Gift of Art.
0: we don't care how you got here we're just glad you showed up you're listening to voice america kids
1: you're listening to express yourself on the voice america kids channel where teens talk and the world listens Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit expressyourselfteenradio.com. Now, back to our star teens.
3: Welcome back to our uplifting and inspiring program. I'm Jovan Hundle, and you're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids Network, which is brought to you by the Be The Star You Are charity and today's show is all about the gift of art.
0: And I'm Bajit Gia. For this segment, Jovan and I will be sharing some of our own thoughts and insights about art and what it means to us. And so, you know, I'm just going to jump right in with a question, maybe the <laughs> the most basic uh, question of them all. Uh, Jovan, what is the definition of art to you?
3: Wow, well, you know, that's a good question. So, Obviously, you know, there's like traditional mediums, whether it's painting, sculptures, there's, you know, other things that we'll associate with art, just like movies, television, music. But then, you know, it's always just the little things that someone does that also kind of make, make up their own individual art pieces. So just like somebody's mannerisms, their habits, all those things kind of paint a picture of who someone is. And, you know, that's definitely art as well, kind of another representation of this, of another human. I think, you know, it's really hard to define art then just because there's so many things that you could reasonably categorize under art. So to to, to, to shorten a long answer, let's just go with everything.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. That's, That's a great answer, I think. And, you know, because... Um, you know, the base going off of that point, um, art, I think is because it's so reflective of you know, us as humans and it stems from our humanity essentially, I guess that's why everything and anything and everything can be labeled as art because art is whatever we do, art is, our actions and our thoughts and ideas put in a certain light so that others can appreciate them. And so by that definition, I think I agree with you there is that our is everything? Everything is art, um, and I especially like Joven how you mentioned some of the small things because we do overlook that when we think about traditional art. Um, we we think about big pieces. We think about murals. We think about you know the greatest artists: Picasso and Van Gogh and Monet, the Impressionists, the Cubists. All of these grandiose names, and we don't think about ourselves, and we don't think about art in the context and of the everyday existence. Um, And yeah, and we, I think small arts, small arts, little arts that we sometimes forget about, or maybe the culinary arts, when we cook a good meal in our house for dinner and we serve it to our family, the feeling there, the, the togetherness of that meal, for example, and the effort that we put into cooking that meal, are art as well as, you know, art that's just as good as any piece created by these great painters and great sculptors and great musicians. And we do forget about that. And so I have to thank you, Jovan, for bringing yeah, yeah. that up. All of these small arts, essentially, uh, that are so important, um, but yet so overlooked. Yeah, and so yeah. Um, Jovan I also wanted to I think we went over a little of this in the last segment but uh, you know what is your personal experience with art did you have you been to any you know museum exhibitions recently do you have any favorite artists anything like that? Yeah so you know
3: there's a lot of um, small community events in my area there's at a local state university, at a junior college about 20, 30 minutes away. They host a lot of different events. Whether it's at the junior college a half hour away, they have these monthly talks with scientists and artists. They had one with a Pixar animator and (laughs) this artist that bases his entire work off constellations And just small little things like that. I love going to these community events because you know you hear the big names that you you associate these big names with art but again art really is everything so when we have all these great resources like these smaller local artists that are also here it's you know it's nice to kind of see what they have for us as well and also additionally Um, you know, history has always been my favorite subject in school and everything like that. And I think art and history, you know, really go hand in hand. We were talking about, you know, noticing the small things that a person does and talking about how that's art. And I think another way that like small things influence or contribute to art is just even in like these big name paintings, whether it's the Mona Lisa, whether it's Starry Starry Night, whether it's The (laughs) Last Supper, anything like that. If you kind of locate the small things within these paintings, you can get a sense of, you know, how people lived at these times, hundreds of years ago, decades ago. You get this whole new art within an art that's related to history, and you can understand what's going on with that. And since history has been my favorite subject for a decade now, (laughs) I think I can also kind of say that's another personal experience I've had with art.
0: Absolutely. And, you know, I think I think history influences art and vice versa. It's definitely uh, the two of them really do go hand in hand. I think uh, you can look to, you know, Picasso's Guernica, where that was inspired by the Spanish Civil War that was going on and the conflict between the fascists and the the revolutionaries. And then you can look to the Impressionist movement, which was uh, motivated, had a lot of history behind it, which it was motivated by this sort of reactionary sentiment to traditional, you know, portrait art and the more old style romantic illustrations that went on there. And then, of course, the lost generation reaction and all of that art that depicted the hopelessness that came after the Great War, after World War I. And so there's all these instances in history where art and the past are just linked together fundamentally and I I love that you brought up that connection that is such a beautiful I I can't say beautiful because obviously in history there's been a lot of events that have been less than less than beautiful and you know there's been art that has reflected that Um, but there is definitely that the beauty is in the link between the two subjects. And that's definitely an important part of art, I think, is the history behind the pieces that you're looking at in these museums and in these galleries and vice versa. A lot of events in history are sparked by maybe controversial works of art or uh, different movements that have been pushed by art. And I think one that I'm thinking of that's maybe it's not traditional like painting art or drawing. I'm thinking of Uncle Tom's Cabin. So that's like a literary art. um, And that definitely that work by Harriet Beecher Stowe, that you know, triggered this anti-slavery sentiment in the U.S. in the uh, 1850s, 1860s or so, and that sentiment pushed onward. And we had, of course, the Civil War as a major conflict in our country. And obviously, the book wasn't the <laughs> the one pushing factor behind the Civil War, but. It definitely influenced a lot of people's thoughts and a lot of people's feelings about slavery, about the divide between North and South. And we see a real life historic example of art influencing the tides of history and pushing this conflict maybe to a breaking point. And so, uh, you know, breaking off of that uh, line of thought real quick and moving back on to sort of the smaller things, um, Jovan, do you think that we should make time for art in our daily lives? Like, is art really necessary to our basic existence? See, I would say yes
3: to that second question, that it is necessary to our existence. But I don't think we should necessarily say that we're making time out of the day for it, just because you know, everything we do really is art. And I think it's it's a very specific and beautiful type of art then to just not be thinking about what we're doing and not be thinking about how what we're doing actually is art. You know, I think some of the most beautiful things can really come from that when we're not thinking about what we're doing and then we kind of look around or somebody else notices that, wow, something that you're doing here or something that you've seen or done or whatever really is fascinating and they can draw their own conclusions from that.
0: Yeah, absolutely, that is a really good point, is that sometimes when you're not looking for inspiration, you're not looking for a subject to depict, it ends up finding you in the daily, oh, yeah. <laughs> just uh, within your itinerary. And so hopefully by that definition, my teacher will find my <laughs> my assignments uh, a form of art. Um, <laughs> but no, I definitely agree with you there in all seriousness. I think um, sometimes when we're not thinking about making art, uh, we end up creating it out of out of nowhere and out of our daily lives. And I think um, just going on that subject real quick, um, I think Cezanne, Paul Cezanne, one of the great impressionist artists, um, he he had the same thoughts. He thought that the daily, the everyday life uh, was something special and something to be depicted in a painting or, uh, in a drawing. And he ended up painting a lot of still lifes, a lot of, uh, placements of apples, flowers, uh, the daily subjects that he, you know, he saw in his own life. And a lot of his paintings are centered around these commonplace subjects and they bring a certain beauty to it that, um, can really be probably applied to many things within our own daily lives and so the next time I'm you know the next time I cook dinner I'm gonna look at it properly and hopefully try to find some inspiration from it and if not you know maybe somebody else will find inspiration from their daily lives and bring art into that element of their life and so Joven, I know that um you know, you do world watch, uh, world watches on the show and you often go into science and you talk about the different innovations that have come up, uh, you know, in the modern era. And so do you think that science comes into conflict with art uh, or like throughout history, has it clashed with art or do you think maybe they flow together or in parallel?
3: Well, you know, that's an interesting topic because if you think about, you know, like Renaissance, medieval times, a lot of art was based around, you know, religious subjects. And with the Reformation or the Enlightenment, Renaissance, all these different time periods, you do have science in conflict with religion. And since religion and art were two of the most visible, religion in art, sorry, was probably the most visible topic within art at this time, you can definitely kind of make that connection then that science and art were in conflict. Okay. Yeah, and okay. also, you know, I kind of want to bring back to something you were saying before about the, you know, connections we can make from somebody else's art, I believe you had said, about, you know, the art that each of us can come out. It was It's funny because my English teacher actually this year, So we do this thing that she calls author's chair. So whenever we finish an essay or a small writing assignment, creative writing assignment, anything like that, we have the ability to do this thing called author's chair, where we basically read our piece and discuss the whole thought process that went into this piece and... Um, Any things we want help with, maybe something that we want to phrase better, a topic we want to go over, a theme we want to include. And so it's interesting because when we first started doing this at the beginning of the year, my teacher had told us that once you do author's share, your art, your essay is no longer yours. It's for anybody to make connections with. And it's kind of all of ours, that we're all now making this giant mosaic together
0: Oh, wow. That's incredible. Yeah, I, I love that where, uh, you know, art or literary art, in this case, allows you to communicate with others. And once you share your art with others and with your audience, it becomes theirs as well. Because that that is... Quite a fundamental aspect of any form of art, I think, is that communal feeling to it, is that, you know, that ability to share your message with others and have them, you know, come up with their own interpretations and make it their own. And man, I wish, <laughs> I wish they started that at my school. That would be, that'd be pretty <laughs> awesome. I need to take that up with my English teacher. Um, I think that really displays essentially what art is.
3: Yeah, definitely. And so thank you, Brigitte, for such an awesome segment. It was really fun discussing all these topics with you. Um, Audience, make sure to visit our radio site at expressyourselfteenradio.com for photos, descriptions, links, blogs, and more. I'm Jovan Hundle.
0: And I'm Brigitte Gia. It's not too late to make a tax-deductible donation for last year to Be The Star You Are and Express Yourself. So please make sure you do that and support our show. Please visit our charity site at bethestarur.org and stay right here with us as we continue our discussion on the gift of art.
1: On Tuesdays at noon Pacific, teens talk and the world listens on Express Yourself Teen Radio on Voice America Kids. Come play with us at BeTheStarURradio.com. Sometimes we may sound strange, but remember, we're just kids with opinions. You're listening to Voice America Kids.
0: I'm Brigitte Gia, and our program is Express Yourself, giving youth across the world a voice to be listened to. For this edition of Express Yourself, we are continuing a lively discussion on our theme, the gift of art. And I'm Jovan Hundle.
3: For this segment, I will be bringing back my segment World Watch to talk a little bit, uh, talk a little bit about art. And now, I wanted to use this segment to talk about what seems to be a growing trend in the art world, whether it be in relation to movies, television, music, or the traditional mediums we associate art with, like paintings and sculptures. So, there seems to be this sense of instant gratification between the artist, the consumer slash admirer, or anybody else involved. People seem to want something from the art instead of appreciating or relating to it or connecting to it. So, for example, there's always criticism when a noted artist seems to be selling out by trying to make his or her art appeal more to the masses instead of sticking to one's values or artistic vision. Other times, consumers might not actually care about the art, as in they're trying to appear cultured or just, in general, act like somebody they're not. You know, this really gets to me. I know I I shouldn't necessarily care about how other people consume their art and media, but it is sad when art that the artists clearly put their heart and soul into isn't being appreciated. Absolutely. And then, you know, another notable instance revolves more around art and entertainment. So movie studios or record labels might want a specific type of art, if you can even call it art then, the type of art that will make the most money. So it's always disappointing when corporations meddle with art, because, you know, at that point, there's a line that has to be drawn, and so the art turns into more of a product. So there are sometimes, you know, director's cuts of movies or b-sides of albums, but, you know, there's a problem when the main art on display isn't the story that the artist wanted to tell. And, you know, some specific examples of this would be in, you know, the movie industry. There's what people call Oscar bait movies, where in order to get, you know, like an Academy Award, then a studio will specifically make, you know, a large historical drama with a famous actor who maybe hasn't yet won an Oscar. And while this movie may still be amazing and well-made, well-crafted, well-acted, directed, produced its main goal might not have been to tell a story. In television, you might see these prestige, big-budget dramas, like period pieces again, or anything again that's meant to garner awards. In the Grammys, it might kind of be the other way around, where the Grammys, some people argue, reward the most popular artists out there instead of the best artists out there. According to, of course, one's own opinions, those definitely change. And you'll also see, however, not something like this, is when some studios will allow the artists to actually be the executives in these studios. For example, Pixar is a big example of this, where a lot of the key executives and boardroom people of Pixar are the ones directing the movies, producing the movies, and writing the movies as well. So in this case, there isn't somebody necessarily saying, go out there and make some money. They're saying, go out there, tell a story, and make sure, I guess, it gets enough money to keep the lights on. (laughs) Uh, And so I think this all really ties back into that whole instant gratification art concept and people wanting something from art. If artists and companies maybe just wanna make money or build their profile, or consumers may just be looking at art for the sake of appearance, Uh, looking, again, cultured to other people, or making their home look fancier. And, you know, this begs the question, then, about what in society has caused us to get to this point. It's presumably the fact that we're so fast-paced. You know, we order food, we want it immediately. We're always rushing to and from places We don't have that much time in the day where we can just rest and do our hobbies and do anything else we want to do. We leave that to the weekends or the holidays or something like that. And since we're so fast paced, then we turn more materialistic. So we want something tangible or we want something that's just easier to feel than, I guess, connecting with art. And so instead of all this instant gratification, just try and appreciate art for what it is. You know, if you find something that you truly connect with, don't put it down just because of somebody else's opinion on it. The artist made that piece to tell his or her story in the hopes that somebody else will see it and be able to appreciate it or even relate to it. And, you know, I'm saying that I'm saying to not put something down because of somebody else's opinions on it. And, you know, I may be a little guilty about one side of that and that I'm sort of gatekeeping here that what may seem manufactured (laughs) to me, you know, might not be to others. And so I'm certainly not trying to make that point. You know, again, something that I don't necessarily like that I see as just being made for the money might not appear that way to you. And that's, you know, perfectly fine. Art is for ourselves, really, that we each own a stake in whatever TV show or painting we're looking at. And so I also wanted to highlight really quickly about how there's some artists that sort of take the opposite route of using their um, using their profile to make all this money and then sort of doing doing lower scale sorts of things. So I know Robert De Niro, my parents' favorite actor, is a huge example <laughs> of this. You know, he's been in all of these amazing movies, some of the best movies of all time, according to critics. And he's made had some amazing performances, won all these Oscars and Golden Globes. And now you see him doing all these small scale independent movies each year. And it's exciting to see somebody attaching his big name to a project so that maybe this upcoming director will get his or her big break. And so, you know, it's just nice to see things like that because that kind of turns this whole instant gratification concept on its heels. You know, now it's the other way around.
0: Absolutely.
3: Yeah. So I just thought that would be an interesting topic to talk about for this gift of art discussion.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think, uh, you know, you absolutely have a point there is that a lot of things nowadays, a lot of things that would be considered, quote unquote, art are also ways to earn a living. And although, you know, there's definitely that side of it, I think that this this factor specifically, this sort of, um, you know, money earning (laughs) side of art uh, has been present for Quite a while. I think it has definitely become more prominent in the, you know, in the modern era. But uh, we do see, you know, in the past there was the patronage system where you had great artists being commissioned by royal courts or kings and and dukes and duchesses um, to create art or maybe they were commissioned by the church. And so we do have that. We've always had that line between, you know, Creating art for yourself and creating art for others. Nowadays, I think because one of the factors uh, might be, like one of the factors of this issue becoming so apparent in the modern era and in our current, in the status quo essentially, um, is. There's so many consumers now, whereas before, you know, a large amount of each country's wealth was concentrated in the upper classes. Now we have wealth and a stronger middle-class wealth amongst the people spread out across the population. And so we see such a large consumer base that a lot of different artists are, you know, catering to that consumer base instead of doing their own thing. Whereas before, maybe the artist only needed to provide a few works a year to a king or a queen. Nowadays, it's the artist constantly grinding out works for a huge audience base and Raking in the dough, essentially getting all of this money for their product, and I definitely agree with you that perhaps it's really taken away from the integrity of the artwork that we put out. And obviously, you know there are exceptions, and there, there you can have the best of both worlds. You can express yourself as an artist, and yeah, and you can also earn money, but if you're creating something that's maybe controversial, or that's, you know, uh, what is the word, esoteric? Like, kind of, um, you know, not exactly tied in with whatever is, whatever the public is interested at the, in at the moment, uh, you are perched off to the side, or your work is not something that you can earn a living off of. And, that is, you know, there there is a conflict there for sure. It's like, does the artist go for things that will earn him his bread or does he go for subjects that will, you know, maintain his artistic integrity? And so, you know, Joven, I just wanted to ask, you know, if you had the choice between, uh, you know, this is this is a bit of a moral question here, and I'm putting you on the spot a bit. Uh, but if you were given the choice between producing something that was marketed towards the public, or uh, if you were, you know, if you had the option of making something that wasn't as, you know, public or popular, uh, but you know, w- represented your own values a bit mm-hmm. better, which one would you choose? We'll see. It. It's an
3: interesting line that you have to draw then. So if you're producing something and you still have the ability to make your own mark, leave your own stamp on this project, plus it's going to be seen by more people and hopefully appreciated by more people, you know, that's definitely something that I think everybody would want to do. But if you can't take like the script of a movie and make it your own or leave your own directing style on something, then... Unless it's absolutely financially necessary for you, then I don't think you should be pursuing that path. Unless, and one notable exception here, is if you think that'll give you the clout then to follow your own project down the road, then it's the moral quandary gets <laughs> even more muddled.
0: Yeah, but uh, yeah, I think I definitely agree with you there. Is that um, you know you want to keep your values pristine and you want to you want to keep your character and your artistic integrity intact. But then there is that there is that breadwinning aspect. Uh, well, Joven, you know this discussion has been great, and I always love your world watches. There's always so much uh, insight and information there. Unfortunately, we are out of time, audience. During the break, be sure to check out our 501 C3 Literacy and Positive Media Chair at bethestarur.org I'm Brigitte Gia and I'm Jovan Hundle
3: be sure to also visit www.expressyourselfteenradio.com for more information about our show and when we come back we will be continuing our fascinating discussion on the gift of art
1: We didn't invent Kid Talk, we perfected it, and at a very young age. You're listening to Voice America Kids. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Welcome
0: back. Thanks for staying with us here at Voice America Kids. I'm Brigitte Gia on Express Yourself, and today's hour is all about the gift of art. And I'm Joven Hundle.
3: In this segment, we'll be discussing art, of course, uh, with Brigitte and her art attack. Take it away, Brigitte.
0: (laughs) Hey guys, it's Brigitte, of course, and today I'll be discussing more about art in our lovely Gift of Art show. You know, I'm gonna, I've been focusing so far, and the both of us have been, on visual art and on drawing, painting, and we've spoken about other forms of art here and there, but we haven't really gone into it. And for me, I generally dabble in the visual arts, and I, I would venture so far as to call myself an aspiring artist. I do like to sketch, I like to delve into the traditional forms of visual art and express myself. Through visual art media, uh, but I also I also actually really love music and I play the violin. Um, I have been for around ten years now, and I'd just like to use this segment as um, a space for me to make a case for music as an art form and for the performing arts in general. And so, most people would consider music an art, but perhaps as a sort of, not a secondary art, but as a a second thought art, I think might be the term here, uh, where when you think of art at first, you think drawing, painting, sculpture, that sort of thing. Um, Whereas the performing arts, music included, are pushed off to the side or pushed off as an, oh yeah, that (laughs) sort of thought. And while music uh, is subject in its own right, I think music can definitely be considered an art form because it's a form of expression, it's a form of thought and creativity, and it can be regarded in much the same way as the visual arts can be. You know, you can have, uh, you can see the artist's interpretation of different subjects within the music. Um, the artist, the musician, the composer can express him or herself through a work and music is also a language just like painting and drawing and sculpture are. Um, music is a form of communication, again a language that um, can be shared amongst a group of people. So a composer can come up with a work and bring that work to an audience or to a group of musicians. And the two entities, the composer, the audience, um, or the composer and the musician, can be connected through that work, through that composition, through that music. And so I think those are the strongest reasons why music should be considered art. It's because music is a form of self-expression and music is a form of creative communication, essentially. Um, And visual art is the same way. And so those are the comparisons between the two. And just as I have some experience with the visual arts, and I like to draw, I like to create visual art through painting, drawing, sculpture, um, all of those mediums, I also do have experience with music. Uh, As I went over before, I have been playing the violin for a decade now. It's been a while. And as a part of youth orchestras and as a solo artist, I've been able to experience a lot of different and phenomenal things um in in my decade of playing and so I'd just like to share some of my own personal stories and recountings with you the audience um I am a violinist I play in an outside youth orchestra so I play with uh, around a hundred odd individuals as a part of an ensemble, as a part of a symphonic ensemble. So we have both the stringed instruments, violins, violas, cellos, basses, and the wind instruments uh, playing with us as well, Uh, woodwinds, brass, and then we have percussion. As a part of my youth orchestra, I've been able to play in all sorts of places. I've been able to tour in the UK. Um, I've been able to play in the San Francisco Davies Symphony Hall, uh, where the San Francisco Symphony plays every single week. And that's been incredible. And I've been able to go to all these different places across the United States and in Europe, um, in uh, globally, essentially, and play at these different halls with a group of young musicians who are just as dedicated as I am to the music. And I'm incredibly thankful to music as an art form uh, that has allowed me to do all of these amazing things. And recently I was also able to play at Carnegie Hall, at, at, the, <laughs> at the hall of all halls in the music world, uh, with an honors string orchestra. And I was, I was able to have that opportunity to play in this renowned hall and to express myself, essentially, with music as an art form and as a language to an audience um, to, in this hall in New York that is kind of the pinnacle of musical achievement. And I found that experience to be incredible in that it allowed me to really connect with music as an art form and to realize and recognize that music is art. Um, Generally, I... I kept them separate in my mind when I was thinking about visual art versus music. And I thought of them as two separate entities, as two different ways to express myself. But when I sort of when I played in that hall and when I played in front of this audience and everything was resonating around me and I was with all of these people from across the you know across the globe that I've been able to rehearse with and create music with I realized that music is just as much a form of art as drawing and painting are that music is really the same connecting force that links all of us together I thought that was incredible and I'm so thankful to <laughs> to music and, of course, to everyone who's gotten me to that point where I can realize that music is this connecting force. And I think just as art should be a part of one's life, music should also be a fundamental part of one's life. And happy to see that it is right now um, because of all the technological advances we've made, right? We've invented iPods and iPhones and apps to play our music and headphones where, you know, all of these new technologies and new innovations allow us to bring music wherever we go and use music as a form of uh, you know, expression as a way to channel our emotions in our daily lives. I think that's incredible. And I'm so happy to see music as a, a real way to express oneself in a real art form. I think we were talking earlier about how art and history are connected fundamentally. And I think in the same way, music as an art form and history are definitely interconnected. Um, music is a form of expressing oneself. And when uh, someone needs to express an emotion that has been triggered by experiencing a historic event, music is there as an outlet. And so we have all these great composers and musical composers who have used music as a form of artistic self-expression to, you know, vent, sort of. And especially, again, in the lost generation, we saw that in that sort of murky post-World War I era, 1920s to early 1930s, we saw a lot of different composers um, expressing their feelings of solitude and loss and hopelessness through music. Um, One good example is uh, Stravinsky, uh, Igor Stravinsky, the famous composer. Um, I had the chance to play as a violist, actually, a quartet piece that he wrote called... um, it's called the three pieces, the, the trois pièces, uh, and he basically, in this piece, you can hear the loneliness and the sorrow, the the sense of loss uh, of one's places, of one of one's bearings, essentially, and you can hear all of that. Um, the piece starts out with this low viola note uh, which I got to play um, and you can hear just his questions about his existence and where he was going and where humanity was going as a whole and so you know in these last few moments Jovan I want to turn it to you Um, you know what do you think of music do you think it should be regarded as an art?
3: Oh absolutely I think you made some amazing points there and especially like now when you're talking about how these artists are communicating, sorry, I can't pronounce the the name you had just said, before, said but um, the, how much people can express themselves through music. You know, we think that, like, you're going to need lyrics to be able to tell a story in a song, but, you know, that's definitely not true. The notes you play, the pattern you play them in, everything you do in music is definitely an art form within itself. And so thank you so much, Brigitte, for this awesome segment. I learned a lot, and I'm going to have to be looking up some of these artists later. Um, <laughs> we give our thanks to Star Style Productions, Cynthia Bryan, Be the Star You Are, and, our, of course, our Voice America Kids crew, especially our engineer, A-Rod. Thanks to our guests and reporters from across the world, and thank you to you, of course, our listeners, for making us a top-rated program. I'm Jovan Hundle.
0: And I'm Brigitte Gia. You have been listening to Express Yourself, an on-air global community where teens talk and the world listens. For information on our creative community, go to btsya.org and our main site at bethestarur.org. Until next week, remember, be kind, create art, and be here. Speak up, speak out, and express yourself.
1: Thanks for joining us this week on Express Yourself. Just say.